Hi there, I'm Stefan Eady, Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about Darlington's skill-based approach to curriculum and what makes our approach a bit different than other schools. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. I'm joined today by Julie Fine, fifth grade literacy and social studies teacher, and Dr. Mike Natarella, fourth grade literacy and science teacher. Welcome to the podcast, Julie and Mike. Thank, thank you. you. Glad to have you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing a little bit about all your good work in fourth and fifth grade. Uh, Julie, maybe let's start with you and just tell us a little bit about um, when you came to Darlington, which was 11 years ago, and, um, and what's maybe kept you here. Well, when I came 11 years ago, um, I started out living on campus and being part of the residential community, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and then as my little family grew, we ended up having um, three children and moved off campus. And um, now all three of my children are at Darlington. And we love the, the education that they're receiving here, the community that they're a part of. And um, my husband also works here um, in IT. And we are just fully invested and committed to um, Darlington. Well, you taught my first child when you first came uh, and you stayed, and then you just taught my second child this past year, and I assume you're coming back. I did. Okay. I did. All, both of them, and I am coming back. <laughs> Fantastic. So both Thanks. wonderful children. It well, was a they pleasure. had great, both had great fifth grade experiences with you. Thank you. And then uh, Dr. Mike Natarella, so you came to us as a long term sub, and you just never left. Uh, so you're back teaching uh, fourth grade full time for us, and maybe give us a little bit of background. Sure, sure. Just so happy to be here. Um, we just moved here a year and a half ago, and so I was looking for something and was able to take the uh, long-term sub position. Uh, but before that, I, I have a diverse background in, in education. Started out as a social, middle school social studies teacher in high school and the privilege to teach overseas at a private American school for a couple of years and worked with uh, also teaching in a multiple intelligences-based school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and then went into education administration, um, was an elementary assistant principal for five years, and uh, even a preschool director uh, for a year and a half before moving here uh, last year. And so uh, I've reinvented myself, reimagined uh, myself as a fourth grade teacher and uh, could not be happier with the support of everyone here at the school and the families and the children. Uh, this has been a phenomenal experience so far and looking forward to continuing. Well, we're lucky to have you, Mike. I remember doing your new faculty orientation last year, uh, s sitting there with you in the audience talking to you thinking, well, he, we should have our roles reversed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I, I haven't taught this before, therefore it is new to me. And, uh, that's why I, I hope I brought something to the table. Absolutely, least. absolutely. Um, so uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, our topic today, which is about curriculum. And um, maybe to get started, uh, especially for our listeners who may not be familiar, you know, Darnton has a framework uh, that structures our approach to education that, that we call the cycle of learning. Uh, and that starts and ends with uh, with a big picture idea that we call the portrait of a graduate. Um, and you know that's a, a pretty high level set of skills, a, a sort of an ideals uh, that we have for students, like learning with passion and embracing challenges, um, you know, solving problems, service to others, those kind of things. 
which is all a bit overwhelming uh, to think about on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, we're not going to just accomplish that all at once. So uh, our curriculum uh, is really what we think about that defines what we teach, uh, what our students are going to learn, um, uh, in fact. So uh, that's a day-to-day kind of thought process. Um, and so, you know, Julie, you've helped us with uh, developing our literacy curriculum over the years. And I, I thought maybe we could start with you just talking to us a little bit about what we mean by a quote skill-based curriculum. Well, a skills-based curriculum, um, it provides us with the framework and the roadmap for what we do every day. And that tells us the individual skills that we're teaching, and then we supplement that or actually support that with the different content that we add in. Um, And this allows the kids to learn the skills, but we do that in a way that it allows for differentiation and for us to meet them where they are. And once they learn the skill, then we work with them on applying those skills and they're applying that in ways that are meaningful to them and things that they're curious about and that they want to know more about. We do this in a way that starting in pre-K all the way up to 12th grade we're able to vertically align these skills so that students are they're spiraling so the skills are starting maybe it's an introduction or they're discovering a skill early on and then they're continuing to apply that more deeply as they go through the years so that by the time they graduate those skills are solidly and firmly in place and they can use those skills to help them um, as they enter the world and the and the workplace they are skilled that they can use um, every day. All right, so we, you talk a lot about skills. I've said a lot about skills already. Uh, we may still be struggling with what is a, what is a skill? You know, so maybe thinking about it from you know your literacy point of view, give us an example of you know what kind of, what's a skill that you're talking about. Well, reading is a skill, and so when you're little, um, reading, learning to read, recognizing um, letters and the sounds of those letters, those are skills. And as you grow, you're actually um, learning through reading, but that's a skill in and of itself. It's just how do you approach a nonfiction text? How do you approach a fiction, a work of fiction, um, in order to really comprehend and understand it? So those are the different skills in literacy that we're looking at, as well as vocabulary skills. When do you introduce what and how do you do that and how do you apply those skills? Um, Grammar skills are also important as it applies to writing and Um, using those in context and learning those foundational skills early on. So what's a noun? What's a verb? Those types of things. And then how do we use that to to string together sentences and paragraphs and then essays and whatnot? I think the important part to kind of bring up here is that we collaborate constantly on this and talk skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10-15 minutes before we even decided to sit down to do this podcast, Julie and I were having a conversation and reflecting on the past year and how do these skills spiral? How can I better support the students going from fourth grade to fifth grade um, next year with literacy, with their reading skills, with their writing skills? We were analyzing the vocabulary uh, books that we use, um, how to make it more authentic, how, how can the students apply what they're learning so that it's not just isolated, uh, but so that it is um, reflective of um, what they're going to be doing in the real world, as as Julie talked about earlier, that these conversations go on all the time Mm -hmm. between teachers. 
So there's another component of the cycle of learning that is about active learning. And, um, you know, in, in each one of these little parts of the philosophy, different there, there are responsibilities that belong to certain people. So the teacher has their responsibility, but the student has their responsibility. And that's where active learning comes in. So um, how are you engaging students in, the, in actively learning these skills? Um, I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, when like a, a prime example, you know, where we take the skills before that, even we're looking at essential questions, um, and with those essential questions, we're trying to guide students, help them see the bigger picture of what they're doing actually relates to something bigger in life. Um, like and an example that we were talking about beforehand is is our invention convention. Um, you know, an, an essential skill would be, you know, how do problems in society lead to new innovations or inventions that could make our lives better? And uh, therefore, then we break that down into different specific skills, such as, um, you know, comparing and contrasting um, and, and how do inventions and innovations solve problems uh, and therefore through that process then the students are looking at the world through a critical lens um, what what would make their life better what would make someone else's life better not even here could be in another country you know get them to step outside of their little realm of comfortability and how what could they create um, so that's where that active learning definitely comes into play because we want them to have these authentic assessments um, that are real-world experiences so from day one in the invention convention they were you know we were actively engaged by analyzing you know videos of inventions versus innovations we had guest speakers come in uh, so that they could see what that process is about uh, everything from someone who was an inventor to someone who is a patent lawyer um, they're, they're seeing the real world connections and then going through the design process how does it solve uh, a problem in in society and then we're in integrating the technology uh, so that some students do better by drawing and making 3D models of their invention or innovation, and, and other students do better at more telling and writing about their innovation or invention. In, in, in invention. Um, and then the final product being having to sell it to the Shark Tank. You know, this is where we invite some other teachers in, and going back to the old Shark Tank TV show, um, that is about as authentic as, as there can be. You have to sell us your product product to help us want to invest in, in, in what you're creating. So feel that you know the active learning has to be integral throughout the entire process so that then when you get to the end per se of a certain unit that they're they've been doing it all along. And that's just simply a, a culmination that ah, they can breathe and then get into reflecting on what they actually learned through that entire process. Yeah, what's interesting to me about all that you just said was the, the multitude of skills that are layered on there. You, you have this essential question, you called it, which is this big picture goal that you're almost working backwards from. Like the students know this is coming, right? The invention convention is actually a really big deal to a fourth grader. It's actually kind of hard to imagine all this is in fourth grade, by the way, but still, <laughs> that's there. But it's really like, how, how do the students... How do, how do you prepare the students how, to be able to accomplish that final goal? Mm. Uh, so you back up and make sure they understand and can apply all those skills. In some ways, the invention convention itself 
It could be anything, right? Right. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's, what's, that's one of those components about skills-based curriculum that's so interesting. It really could be anything. And it's important to pick something that engages the students. For Darlington, it's important to pick something that's real world. Uh, but those skills could have been in a hundred different projects that you chose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, you know, that's, yeah, that may be the activity we're doing that month. <laughs> and, and a lot of it happens here because that way that also goes back to, in, like Julie said, working with the individuals, the individual students and in developing their skills. We wanted that to be done here at school. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than a, a child coming home on a Friday and say, hey, mom, dad, I got to invent something that's due on Monday. <laughs> um, we've all been in that position um, as parents and we did it to our parents when we were growing up, I bet. Um, but therefore being involved in the kids' daily development, um, we're integrating those necessary skills for that final product, be it the written component, be it the, the grammar of their written component. I remember teaching the kids at one point, it hit me that, oh, we need to do bullet statements on their trifold board, and they have to take their paragraph they wrote and turn that into one little sentence to capture our attention, because when you're standing in front of the shark tank, we don't want to hear a paragraph read. We want the bullet statements. That's a skill that evolves just through that process. All right, it's a subtle ability to communicate, yeah. depending on what your audience is, your situation, right. you know, no matter how complex your ideas are. Absolutely. Again, all in a fourth grade brain, which is pretty remarkable, <laughs> but um, it's great because they are capable mm -hmm. uh, they of are. doing that kind and of work. And that's the key. If you, yeah. if you push them and you provide the foundation and the framework for them, they'll meet you wherever you want them to meet you. A Darlington student is made up of many things, none of which is average. Darlington is helping me develop my interests, passions, and pursuits because they believe every individual has something to contribute. And only when you're 100% you are you 100% Darlington. Hi, I'm Luke McDermott, a 13-year day student from Rome, GA, who recently launched a sleep study podcast. I am 30% remarkable wrestler, 35% servant leader, 35% sleep studier, which makes me 100% Darlington. Find out how you can be 100% Darlington too by requesting a personal campus tour at www.darlingtonschool.org/visit or contacting admission at darlingtonschool.org. So Julie, think about literacy. Uh, in my mind, it's just I keep pretty simple. <laughs> I think about uh, a, a, again a, a, a more direct example, which is sometimes just our choice of books. Right. You know, our, you talked about reading earlier, um, and all the skills that go along with with reading, and all the reasons that we want our students to read uh, may not really matter entirely what the book is as far as the content goes. Although you're picking books that uh, you can best teach those skills that they need to learn. Is, am I saying all that right? Absolutely, yeah. And we want books. Also, I want the kids to be engaged. So I want that to be something that meets them where they are and that gives them something to look forward to that they want to read, um, that they're curious about. They want to see what happens to these characters. And part of that um, does go back to the skills-based curriculum where we're learning what makes a good character, what makes the character engaging. And so when we're looking for books to teach, those are, those are things we're looking for. Um, I, I do The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and that's a book that is a fantasy novel. And Mike also teaches fantasy in fourth grade, and he looks at 
figurative language and metaphor and things like that. Um, you know, what What does that mean? Why does the, the author choose to say it the way he does? And then I sort of build on that in fifth grade where we look at how is the whole book um, kind of like one big metaphor? How can I use what we're learning in this book and apply it to the world? What's the theme? What's one big takeaway from that? And how are writers writing not just to entertain us, but also to give us information about the world and how to look at the world um, or a, a different view of the world. Um, and that's something that, you know, when you're when you're choosing a book, you want it to be something that students can look and see, oh, that's why that's important. And that they can see that they're they're learning through that that book, the process of going through that book. Right. You, you teach a range of things or con- content as far as the books go, genres and such. Um, you start with Hatchet, you know, it's sort of a realistic survival book. You, could, you do fantasy. Uh, but it's really great to just think about the why. Yeah. You know, like, why are we picking those things? Like, there's a purpose behind it. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the other sort of second biggest big tenet I think about with our curriculum. There's just a purpose behind everything that we do. And it's really Absolutely. to develop those core skills. Mm-hmm. And I love when at the end the students can see why why you picked that book. They'll say, oh, you picked that because of this. Oh, this is what that? we were learning. Yeah. <laughs> and they get it. I mean, they understand how that's relating back to what they're learning and what they're taking away from it. And, and they love Love when they can do that, it's, it's meaningful to them to reflect on that and say, "Oh, that is why. That's what we were doing with that." Okay, so it makes yeah. sense to them. Component we were talking about earlier was you know, about the the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a big theme right there that's in so many things um, in in life, and, and especially given a, a, a pandemic year where you know heroes were definitely emphasized in society different ways, but then also wanted the students to view themselves as heroes and therefore how do they connect with novels that have heroes and see themselves in those roles Mm -hmm. also you know just going back to the 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 big picture and it is exciting to see them uh, at the end the the aha moments (laughs) that you want the children to come out with um, after finishing up a novel and and being able to connect it back to their own lives Mm -hmm. Mike talk a little bit more about how we uh, look back at our teaching or, or sometimes we say the teaching and sometimes we'll say the learning, right? We'll put that on the student right. at some point. And how, how do we look back and make sure that, that they've learned those skills? You know, so if you talk about assessment, um, cycle of learning talks about evidence, like yes. how, how do we, how do we know that we've done it? Yes. Um, yeah. Good, good question. Because, um, you know, we're, we sometimes get so involved in making sure what's the next lesson, what's the next lesson, what's coming next, and taking the opportunity to kind of that backwards design. All right. If we're doing a writing project, like, for example, after the fantasy uh, reading um, of James and the Giant Peach, the students write a uh, fantasy story themselves. And so they know right up front what the rubric, the expectations are for them. But as we're going through developing the character, developing the theme, developing a um, protagonist and antagonist, um, and how they're going to intertwine, um, we pause and the students use that rubric and take it and assess themselves throughout the process. Um, That's an it's a 
important, but it's also a very difficult skill, but it's also a skill that, well, if we're gonna be reflective, you know, I call it being reflective practitioners, or as we are in education, we want students to be reflective engineers, reflective doctors, whatever in life, you have to practice it at some point. And so, um, not just getting my feedback, but oftentimes they get feedback from their peers, feedback from themselves, um, in order to then that that is data, that's information that's used. Even though it's it's qualitative data, it's it's data that's used for them to become, uh, be it a more fluent writer, um, you know, pay attention more to uh, the, going back to the grammar and the vocabulary that that we were teaching. Um, it it sets that stage for or being a reflective part of an adult, you know, which kind of going back to uh, what we want all the, the, the portrait of a graduate and what we want our students to come and become. And I think having an authentic form of assessment is important. And the Shark Tank, I think, is a great example of that. I mean, you're trying to to get those people to buy your product. And so you have to do all of the different things in order to make that happen and be successful in that. Um, so that's an authentic kind of assessment. Um, and sometimes an authentic assessment is going to be something more traditional, but a lot of times it's not. A lot of times it looks different. Um, and you can actually see where the kids have applied those skills. And having the kids think about their own learning, I think is very important too. Where do I stand? Not just what does Ms. Fine think, but what do I think about how I'm doing? And having asking them that question and putting it back on them. How are you doing? What do you think about how you're understanding this? Or what what is it that is that's throwing you in this particular skill? Um, and they are often very insightful and they have more interest in it when you pose it that way as opposed to me just giving them feedback on what I think about their learning. So that, that reflection has come up quite a bit um, and that, that self-awareness that uh, I think we should all have in our, our learning. Um, and, um, and then what do you do with that? I mean, sometimes you may find that maybe something didn't, didn't get through 100% or maybe you see another opportunity or you know what, what sometimes happens after that reflection part for you guys. I think that's the beauty of a skills-based curriculum is that I can meet the kid where they are. I can meet the student where he or she is. And I can, um, sometimes I'm cycling back, sometimes I'm pushing another student forward, and we're able to continue to work on those individual skills with the individual student. Um, and the, the content may move forward, but the skills are continuing to develop. Um, and so the unit may move on, we may move to a different novel, but we're continuing to work those skills in the background and knowing where each individual student is. So I'm not just testing over the book, what character did this, what character did that. I want to know something a little bit deeper, like what does it mean to, um, to how do you characterize different characters? What is the plot? How do you understand the process of a plot? That type of thing. Um, and if, you know, maybe we didn't get that last time, well, we're gonna work on it again this time. But another student did, so we're gonna go a little bit further with him. So I think it, the beauty of, of that skills-based curriculum is that the cycling back and moving forward when we need to at the speed of the student. That's where like Julie and I were talking earlier about the the importance of the differentiated instruction. Mm -hmm. um, conferencing with students, you know, that is such an integral and important 
part of the process of helping students feel that they're getting individual support based on who they are and where they are, but that we are focusing in on, like if it's a writing piece, that fantasy story or poems uh, that they're writing, that's, that's a tremendous amount of effort they're putting into it. And that feedback, um, it's something I see our students here are very much used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to, as as challenging as getting feedback is, you know, even as adults, we have to get feedback um, in, in what we do in our craft. Um, therefore, conferencing with students, working with them, um, giving them specific details to help them improve their product throughout the whole process makes it that much more meaningful um, because then that's also a reflection of what we could be doing differently and meeting the students' needs from the outset. So I had to take the opportunity. I have a fourth grade teacher in the room and a fifth grade teacher in the room. So to think about like how Darlington manages that student's journey through the school year. We, we, we started this talking about a portrait of a graduate and fourth and fifth grade, that's a little ways down the line. Um, but you're still thinking about progress and forward motion. Um, so how are we able to do that at Darlington as far as uh, connecting fourth and fifth? Um, thinking about the, you know, what that student, individual student may need? Um, well, I guess starting with fourth grade, <laughs> so I'll go first. You know, with, with the fourth graders, kind of going back to what Julie said earlier, the skills and how they spiral. Um, therefore, those, the assessments, the discussions, the, the, um, the self-assessments that we use, that goes with them. So we have a digital portfolio, we have paper portfolios. Um, that is information that is uh, critical information for, for the fifth grade teachers to use um, because not only do they need to see kind of where the student ended, but they need to see that process um, throughout and so that they can better meet their needs right at the beginning. So I'll be, I'll be looking at the third grade portfolios before those students come to me so I can therefore better meet their needs individually, just as Julie um, is going to be looking at the uh, fourth grade portfolios and the student work um, as those students roll up to fifth grade. It's an interesting time to be thinking about that here in the middle of summer. Yeah. You know, we're in the middle of that transition and Julie you're, you've got this new batch of students coming your way um, and you've probably got some ideas about how this is going to go and how it's going to start uh, but then again you may never quite know what's coming your way. No you never do kids change a lot over the summer too. <laughs> no it's always exciting to get a new group of kids and you really never know exactly how the mix-up is gonna gonna go this year um, you know just changing a few things can change the dynamic and um, which is exciting and we look forward to that every year um, but I think also just being able to walk down the hall and talk to the teacher from the year before or even two years before and being able to communicate you know I saw that so and so was writing really well last year but I haven't really seen that yet this year what was what was the trick that you used to get the student to really show what they know um, I think that's that's a tremendous opportunity for us here is just to be able to communicate with one another that may be a great final note for this because you know as much as we plan and we have our curriculum in place that, that, that offers that roadmap you're talking about it's, it's, it's a promise to our parents of what that student's going to learn in class. But at the end of the day, we really do have a community approach to teaching. It right? absolutely we, is. Yeah, we care about every student. We work together as a team, and, and then we just marshal them through in a way that's going to be 
best for them. Not just get them through, but the, the way to help them keep growing along the way and maybe eventually uh, hit that portrait of a graduate. So final question, um, and we'll, we'll start over here with Julie. That's where we started to begin with. Um, so final question for you both. Uh, start with you, Julie. Say you're, and we do this for every podcast guest. So say you're a Darnton Tiger without actually saying, quote, I'm a Darnton Tiger. Okay, I'm thinking about Hatchet Day, and I have baited thousands of hooks probably by this point and taken off many, many fish. <laughs> I think for me, uh, have you been doused with a gallon of water in the woods by a fourth grade teacher? <laughs> Stranded day. That is my favorite time. There's nothing greater than being able to take a gallon of water and throw it on another student. <laughs> Did you get any back? Because they love it. Yes. They do love it. In those they propaganda things, that was the one thing that they all were like, and Mr. or Dr. Natarella covered us in water. Yes. <laughs> Bonus, making memories. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you both, uh, Julie and Mike, uh, for being on today's podcast. And and uh, thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast. And if you have questions about today's program or a great idea for a future podcast episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.